if you know what you want to do, ready or not, start. Because you really won't know everything. You won't, you won't be really be fully prepared. A lot, a lot of people think, I'm not yet ready. You really will not be ready enough. Welcome back to Adulting with Joy Spring. Today we've got a very special guest. I recently guested on his podcast called Kendrick Loves to Brand. If you love that episode, well, I did too. So now we have him here on Adulting. Welcome, Kendrick Ko. Thank you. Thank you, Joyce. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm so excited. You know, I had so much fun when I guested on your podcast because one, um, it was so nice because you didn't have any notes. You were just spitting the questions <laughs> tuloy tuloy. And two, because it's nice to be uh, with a fellow podcaster. Oh, nice. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, it took a lot of preparation uh, to, to get to that point. <laughs> so Kendrick, you are, apart from being a podcaster, of mm-hmm. course, you started Antidote Branding yep. at 23 years old. Yes. And you were telling me about that. I don't know if you were telling me about that or I heard it from your podcast that you started at 23. You basically had no idea what you were doing as any 23-year-old tra- starting their business, mm-hmm. right? So take us back to that. Okay, so back then, um, I graduated uh, 2006 with a master's in marketing communications mm-hmm. from UANP. Um, and then I went to work for advertising for about less than two years, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, even back then, I, I've always knew that I wanted to get into branding. It's just that branding as a field, as an industry, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't what it is now, uh, mm-hmm. where it's there's a lot of you know really nice branding firms now. Back then, there were only maybe a handful, and I I, I didn't have any background in it, so I, I just you know couldn't find work in branding uh, the way that you know, I sort of envisioned the type of branding that I want to do. I couldn't find, you know, uh, jobs after I left uh, the advertising agency. So, you know, it just came to a point where I've been unemployed for so long. Maybe it's time to just, maybe I should start my own company. Mm. Uh, And I I just kept putting it off, like, you know, the usual thinking, uh, I don't have experience. I wouldn't know what to do. How do I get clients? Like, who would trust, you know, a 23-year-old, you know, for, for their branding? And then... It just got to the point where I just couldn't not do anything anymore. So yeah. I just took the plunge and you know went for it. So I, I started the company June 20, 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it took me a while actually to get to start getting clients. Like, you know, you know, what's branding? Uh, is it like marketing? Is it like advertising? Yeah. Are, are you here to make an ad for us? Mm-hmm. And then I'll be like, no, no, I'm actually here to fix your brand or I'm, you know, if we want to create something new. Yeah. So it took a while to actually get the first client. Uh, mm-hmm. If I remember correctly, four months. Wow. I was literally knocking on doors, sending out emails. I was, uh, I'm sure you guys are not familiar with Yellow Pages anymore, <laughs> but uh, you know, I was going through that, you know, parang like just trying to choose another companies that look like they need branding help. Mm. And you know, that's sort of how things got started. Galing. You know, I was uh, listening to another episode of Marie Forleo recently. Mm. This, the, she had a caller who asked that, and she said, "Like, I want to start being an entrepreneur, a businesswoman, but I don't know where to start." So, how did you figure out that that was what you're supposed to be doing, like knocking on doors and and asking um, people if they needed help? Actually, I'd, I've really been interested in entrepreneurship for the longest time. So. You know, you read about it in Entrepreneur Magazine and in, in websites and blogs. And then it just got, you know, when you start, we tend to think, I mean, and back then, there's no social media. So it's not like you can just boost a post and hopefully somebody will see you. Mm-hmm. You actually have to go out there and, you know, I didn't even have a website. I just had calling cards printed. I didn't have like a physical office. Yeah. Uh, so I just had to, you know, think where are my prospects. Mm-hmm. So I just really, you know, uh, started looking around, started emailing people. Yeah. Um, in terms of how I thought about it, it's out of necessity because like, <laughs> if, if I don't go out there, nobody's going to find me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like people are, you know, 
like it's not like there's this big demand of you know for branding yeah. that people are just gonna look for somebody who's you know raising their hand saying hey, I'm doing branding come here so I really just had to go out there and you know out of necessity lang talaga. You know I feel like though that's changed over the past few Correct. years right like branding has really changed and especially now with the rise of influencers mm-hmm. and mga mm-hmm. personal branding diba? may mga ganun na. I remember before I was um, asked to speak at the university for personal branding. branding. That's yeah. so odd for me. How has the whole landscape changed since you started at 23 to now okay. that, you know, Antidote Branding is thriving? Okay. Uh, personal branding, I think the biggest change has been it's become more accepted to talk about it. Mm. Even, you know, personally, if you're a personal, if you have a personal brand, it's more acceptable now to say, oh, I'm building my personal brand. Because back then, if you start saying that, people are going to look at you like, who's this feeling of personal brand? <laughs> diba? personal diba? brand? Like, like only the real like, personal brands are the personal brands. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think now it's more accepted because you, know, you have uh, the rise of you know, YouTube, you have bloggers, you have uh, influencers, TikTok. Uh, bloggers, TikToks, <laughs> uh, Instagram. So if, if, if you have, if you have like, a voice or a, a talent that you can share to people, if you have an expertise in any subject matter and you can, sh- you know, you can teach people that, you can actually start a personal brand. Yeah. And personal brand is really, it's just, if you, boil, if you boil it down, it's just really your reputation. Eh, mm-hmm. Um you know, as compared to a product where, you know, it's a lot more complicated. As a person, your personal brand is really your reputation. Yeah. So if you're known as, you know, uh, a host or uh, a presenter or a speaker, then, you know, it's really just a matter of, you know, having people find you if they have a need for that. Right? And then yeah. they'll see you online and then, you know, you get to build your personal brand, quote mm-hmm. unquote, quote right? How important do you think branding is nowadays? Now that people are understanding it more, and now now that people are accepting of it more. Uh, oh, definitely, branding is like for well. Sure, I'm super biased because I really, really love branding. Uh, <laughs> but you know, for me, branding is the most important aspect of a business, mm-hmm. uh, more than marketing. Even before you think about your marketing or your advertising, the way the way we used to tell our clients that if you do your branding right. You don't even need to spend on marketing or advertising, mm. especially at the start. Yeah. Uh, you'll do a lot of PR, but it will be easier because you have a story to tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the time, because before, or at least like, even in some cases now, like when people start a business or they they'll create a brand, they have a brand name, but they didn't really go through the process of really crafting that brand properly. Mm. So what happens is when you launch the brand, what's the brand about? It's just, you know, parang it's similar to this other brand. Yeah. And then that's when you have to go to an advertising agency and ask them, can you figure out something, how, you know, uh, how to differentiate my brand? Yeah. And that's, parang you can, you can go through that process even before you launch the brand so that you don't even need to spend too much on that. Mm. So uh, when you ask how important is branding, it's really the most important because I like even, even how you, it's even how we approach it as a country. Yeah. I think that one of the things that as a country we need to get better at is in developing our brands. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, <laughs> we, we have a lot of True. puns, diba? Yeah. Uh, you know, stores na puns and mga ganyan. And, or we like, you know, parang the tendency here is, um, the, it's easy because it's parang low-hanging fruit, diba? To, to say, oh, we're the Philippine version of this brand. Yeah. Uh, which I think... Is that it's a bad a, thing or a good thing, you think, personally? I think it's a bad thing uh, because it limits the potential of the brand. Mm, that's true, that you'll always be the Philippine version of the other brand. Which is, nandito ka lang sa Philippines, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, And I feel like for our country to have, you know, better progress for in terms of, you know, economy, uh, we need to have more brands that are here, that have started here, but can go global. Mm-hmm. So if you look at countries like Japan or South Korea, ba, parang yung laging sinasabi when we were in school na they were so behind econ- economically because yeah. of the war and Korea when they had their civil war. But if you look at both countries now, they're like sobrang layo 
in terms of the, the their economies, diba? And one of the reasons I, you know, I, I'm not I'm not an economist, a disclaimer, <laughs> but I just look at it from the from the perspective of a brand uh, for brand guy. Yeah. Uh, they have all these global brands. Eh? Mm-hmm. Now the market is not just you know, mga, mga brands in Japan. They're not they're not just catering to Japanese people. Yeah, that's true. They're catering to everyone in the world, mm-hmm. right? whether it's entertainment, technology, their their cars. Right? Everyone drives a Toyota or a Honda or right? mm, yeah. uh, and same thing with Korea with technology, right? whether it's like you know, home appliances, cell phones, even their telenovelas, right? I'm sure. Their music, right? their music, food, their food, culture, everything. everything right? yeah. Fashion. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it that way, the things that they produce in locally are being consumed globally. So their, their market is much, much bigger. Yeah. And since it's being made there in their country, their economy is improving. There's, mm. a, there's a lot more employment and more meaningful employment because they're not... The, there's a bigger value to selling a brand versus selling a raw material. Eh? That's true. Which yeah. is, I think, you know, historically, that's one of the weaknesses that uh, we've had here locally. So we have a lot of natural resources, mm. but we just sell the actual natural resource. Yeah, we, we don't, don't make process, brands we don't, out yeah, of it. We don't yeah. process it and brand it. Right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you can name, I mean, if you look at all our natural resources, all our products, you can pretty much look at it and and see that they're in the top exports ng country, yeah. but we don't have brands mm-hmm. that are matching to each of those. So very, uh, it's good now because we have like let's say for chocolates, uh, yes. we have Oro, we have exactly. Malagos, we yeah. have a lot of local brands, like Reese's Chocolate, Tio and Philo. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of local brands now that are popping up that are promoting. Filipino chocolate brands. Yeah. Hindi lang yung raw materials na cacao, mm-hmm. which has been historically yung what we, what we export. Eh. We export the cacao to companies in Switzerland or mm. wherever. Yeah. They'll process it, brand uh, it, sell it back to us. Yeah. <laughs> I have a question, uh, and I'm not complaining. I'm just curious. Why is it that usually when I find these Filipino brands, they're even more expensive than the foreign brands is it because super mass produced na yung mga yes, brands yes i think that's the biggest um, factor because <clears throat> like and that's also like di ba nga para nagiging issue ng ibang tao minsan ah pag local bakit ang mahal oh like right? ganun like for example uh, when you were saying that when you were saying that we didn't used to create products out of what we were exporting right and recently i've fallen in love with these fruit chips Mm. And they were they're branded so well. The packaging is yep. so nice, and it's mangoes. Alam mo yung mga durian, yeah, lahat ng mga yeah. fruits from the Philippines. It's dried fruits, but it's so expensive a pop, like 195 pesos for a small bag, bag yeah. right? So wh- why is it usually like that? You think? I think that that will come into play. You know the the economies of scale, uh, mm-hmm. really, because again we're starting with a with a small market here. Mm-hmm. So once they once those brands uh, get to export and lumalaki yung production capacity nila, then, you know, the, the pricing will follow. It's just that, that's why it, it's hard, it, for me, it's hard for mga independent Filipino brands uh, to start and really get to that point where it can really scale big. Yeah. Kasi, parang lagi for us, ay, mahal. Kasi we're comparing it to imported brands that have, like, massive, massive scale. Mm-hmm. So, we can't compare the, the pricing, eh, di ba? Yeah. Um, but if we don't support naman the local brands who are really trying to do it right, yeah, then they'll never get to that that point faster mm-hmm. to be able to benefit more people. Yeah, right? yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Because we we also get that there uh, for one of our one of our the first brands that we created in house. So just to give a quick background, so Antidote we started as an as an agency basically a branding agency. We were creating brands for other clients, and then about four years in, we decide we realized that. The clients that we were working with weren't fully aligned with our vision, which is to create Filipino brands to mm-hmm. go global. And I love your tagline: "It's brand for the motherland." Yes. Yeah. So that's why is it why is it that? So in uh, going back to, to what I was saying, Karina, um, I really feel like if we can create more Filipino brands mm-hmm. that can go global, uh, you know, we can showcase our creativity, and then you know, the employment that we can create here. It's not just employment for processing of raw materials, but it's actually the finished product, which yeah. means the, the, big, the big value of the brand, of what people are paying for, is here in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. It goes to a company here, and they can distribute that to, 
you know, to their employees here yeah. better than if you're just selling, uh, you know, raw materials. Mm-hmm. Diba? Kaya ngayon mga, the, yung mga sad stories you hear about farmers who can't even feed their own families. Yeah. Diba? Kasi nga, they're just selling the raw materials the, mm-hmm. the, in terms of the value chain. Diba? So, Ingo, so, uh, as I was saying, one of the first brands that we created in-house after we decided to stop working with clients, uh, we, did, parang we, we sort of tested it as a parang case study for, mm-hmm. for our clients to say, na, look, if we can create a brand that's different, that's first in the world, uh, you know, we can, even if it's sobrang niche na item. So, th- so we thought of the most niche item you can think of na related to the Philippines. So beach blanket. Lagu. <laughs> so Lagu. So Lagu yeah. is the first... Uh, we call it the world's first Sandra Pellan beach blanket. Which I love, by the way. Sorry to interrupt you, yeah. but I really love Lagu. Um, I got it. I think I, I bought it or somebody gave it to me as a gift because I love traveling. Mm. And it's re- literally the first ever beach blanket I've ever had wherein I didn't need to worry about getting sand into my bag because it was so sand repellent. Yep. And it was included in the parang brown little packet the, that yep. was part of, of the blanket, right? And then it had that it, it had a really nice design. It was simple, and um, and I and I thought to myself, it's so nice that it said that it was sand repellent, and it actually was, was sand repellent. Yeah. yeah. Correct. So, so with congrats that, on that. That's thank you, awesome. thank you so much. So actually, you know, with, with Lagu, we thought, okay, what what's a product that people can associate with the Philippines? So mm. you know, we have a lot of beautiful beaches here, uh, probably the best beaches in the world, right? And uh, we came up with Lagu as an idea na, you know, to help Boracay, which at that time had, you know, had issues with sand erosion. So we came up with that idea to, to, to show our potential clients that, look, we'll take a super, super niche item like a beach blanket, yeah. brand it, and then we can take this to other countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it actually worked so well in the first few months um, that we actually decided not to present it to clients anymore. We just mm. let's just not work with clients. Let's just pursue this as you know we you know we'll create our own brands and and sell it. Yeah. Uh, and and w- when I say it works so well, we actually didn't even sell a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. The funny story is when we launched this in a bazaar in NBC tent. So three days in, we sold a whopping nineteen pieces. <laughs> as in yun lang nineteen. Pero we were so happy. As in like the whole team. Was like we were all so tired. It was our first time to do like a bazaar, so everyone was just pitching in and, mm-hmm. and and but we were so happy selling 19 pieces because for us, it's not so much the amount of the units that we sold. Mm-hmm. It's more of the feedback that we got. Yes, uh, there were a lot of foreigners because it's a fort, it's a fort, it's a BGC. So there are a lot of foreigners who came and said, "Oh wow, we need this in our country." Mm-hmm. Like you know, where where are you guys? Are you are you available in other countries? May mga oh, tanong wow. So parang we're like, okay, uh, we only Pwede sold 19. Pero I think there's there's something in this. Yeah. Parang, baka tama nga yung sinasabi. Parang it's sort of a validation to to what we were thinking. And if we can create something that's really totally new, that even people from other countries haven't seen, mm-hmm. but they'll, they'll understand the need for it. So when we said, you know, it's sand repellent, parang we didn't even have to explain it. Eh. Everyone mm-hmm. just got it. Like there was a, uh, one of our Spanish friends saw it and then, you know, he was just there to support. Hindi kanya lang ano yung But when he saw it, he was like, oh, wow, I, I didn't know this is what you were going to make. Yeah. Niya, I worked in Mexico for such a long time before and this was a problem in Cancun before. Yeah. Na, you know, similar problem to Barak and it's so popular. A lot of people were there and people were using towels to lie down on the beach. Mm-hmm. So with Lagu, you know, compared to a towel, yung towel, kahit na... Anong pagpag mo dun, the sand will not fall rin, off. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, this is so perfect. And, and so he started connecting us to stores in Singapore, to Spain. Mm-hmm. Yun, parang after that first year, we just didn't, you know, we just didn't look back na. We stopped working with clients and we pursued that na. Mm-hmm. But you still do branding, of course, for other clients, right? Uh, right now, we actually started opening up our services again because mm-hmm. uh, over the years, we've gotten a lot of inquiries. So parang, parang we felt na with the team... We, our team is growing din naman now, so the capacity is there to take on projects. And at least now, we feel like mas, parang we can be more selective also with the people we work mm. with, kung aligned with our vision. Because before, if we were just reliant on working with clients, and daming compromises, because if the clients say, no, this is really just what I want, make me a cheaper version of this, yeah. or just copy this brand, change the color a bit, mm-hmm. I'll make it cheaper, parang ganun. so parang, 
we can't keep saying no to those clients, man, even if actually we said no a lot of times. So parang it got to a point that the business will not be sustainable if we just keep saying no. So yeah. kaya kami shift to let's create our own brands. And then maybe now, you know, we have the, the portfolio at least enough to say, look, this is how we're doing things. Yeah. If, you, if you believe in this, if you want to create something that's new, mm-hmm. that's different, that's, you know, first in the world, mm-hmm. uh, then, you know, we'll be the perfect partner for you. That's so good. You know, when, I, when, you're say, when you're telling me that story, it's also a lot like branding in the sense that, you know, you have to say, because when you work with brands, it's called brand association, mm-hmm. right? So if yep. Kendrick works with Joyce, we're now associated as a brand. So if you say yes to Kendrick's brand or to my brand and you don't believe in the brand that I have, all of a sudden, it'll be tainted. Your brand will be yep. tainted with the things that I believe in, which you don't. So I think that's one of the one of the points that I would always tell people when it comes to personal branding. The reason why you have to be honest about the products that you endorse and the brands that you work with is not only because you owe it to people to be honest, but also for your personal branding, you don't want to go 20 years down the line and say that, yeah, I hated that brand, yeah. but I just wanted to make money. Because at the end of the day, it's it's not just money that you're making. It's a legacy. It's your brand essence. It's what you'll be leaving to your children. Yep. And that's going back to your point that branding is really so important. Yep. Yeah. yeah, so that's what Antidote Branding does. And it's, it's nice to... S- to hear you transition because you were saying Kanina that you were an employee and then you didn't have work Mm -hmm. and so out of necessity you had to start Antidote to start branding for clients and then all of a sudden you had the products that that you were making by yourself and it's not just Lagu that you're doing right what are the other products that you have under Antidote Uh, okay so after Lagu we also launched uh, Early Bird Breakfast Club Mm. so that's uh, one of the first all day breakfast uh, restaurants or chains Chains. Um, I ate there. I nice. in Eastwood. In Lage. Eastwood. Yeah. Yes. Unfortunately, we had to close Eastwood. Very mm-hmm. um, so Early Bird Breakfast Club. Uh, and then we also have a sports recovery spray called A Game. So if you're into sports, if you love working out or running, um, we develop uh, you know a line of magnesium sprays to help people recover better. So you know, let's say for A Game, let's say it's the same kind of thinking. We were you know, Filipinos love sports. But we don't have a Filipino sports brand. That's true. That has gotten you know to other countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a few local brands before, but mostly they're just catering to the local market. Yeah. And usually, parang it's a cheaper version of Nike, cheaper mm-hmm. version of this, uh, or cheaper version of Gatorade. Um, but you know, we wanted to come up with something that's totally new, totally different, uh, that can be appreciated by athletes here and mm-hmm. athletes all over the world. Yeah. So that's what A Game is all about. Uh, there's magnesium oils in other countries, but with A Game, what we did was develop a product that's better at being absorbed by the skin. Oh. So with magnesium oil, I mean, if, you, if people are familiar with magnesium oil, sorry, I'm I'm gonna geek out on you guys on Go. magnesium. Pero, okay, <laughs> so with magnesium oils, it's super effective. Uh, magnesium is super important for for people in general, uh, for our health, diba? But for athletes, all the more because it helps with uh, you know flushing out lactic acid, helping your muscles perform, uh, contract, and all that stuff. So when you take magnesium supplements orally. There's only a limit to what your body can process. Yeah. The rest of the, the rest of it, you'll just you know. Be out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but on the skin, there's a higher tolerance. It's just that with the typical, the old school, traditional magnesium oils, if you spray it on your skin, there's only so much your skin can absorb. The rest will stay on top of your skin, so it starts to get itchy. Mm. So very, ano very uncomfortable siya na feeling. Yeah. Uh, it's effective. So if you have like mga tendinitis or mga inflammations and all that. It will really work overnight, mm-hmm. but ang kate the whole night you're scratching like crazy. Yeah. So we we took that idea of how do you get magnesium, you know, more effectively absorbed. So dunga nag work. We formulated uh, two products. One is alcohol ethyl alcohol base, and the other one is coconut oil base. Mm-hmm. So it's easier for the skin to absorb the magnesium, even if you don't have a higher um, Concentration of magnesium. Yeah. So so that's for that's for a game, and then we also have spot buds. Mm-hmm. Uh, spot buds, naman is a homegrown and handcrafted potato snacks yes. using Filipino potato variants. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are not familiar with the fact that we actually have Filipino potato variants, 
like mga igorota and all that. And this is something my brother wanted to start ever since. Mm-hmm. Uh, he loves potatoes. As in, like, mukha na siyang pat- <laughs> <laughs> uh, But he loves potato snacks. So when he wanted to when he wanted to start a business after he was working for a bank, um, that was just the most logical thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we when we were talking about it, parang syempre yung thinking is, how do you create your own potato chips? Na parang... Uh, We're not a big company. We don't have like a manufacturing plan, diba? But you know, we we really look at that. Na most of the most of the potato chip brands, even the local brands, they're using imported American potatoes. Mm-hmm. Yung variants. Uh, yeah. Some of it are grown here, but mostly imported. Uh, so we wanted to to have a different angle while also promoting Filipino, you know, uh, produce basically. So my 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 brother and his partner went to. To Benguet, they talk to the farmers there, and that's where they source their potatoes. Wow! So the spot buds, uh, it's available in SM Snack Exchange, the plug na yun, no joke. Mm, okay uh, and mga cinemas. So yun, uh, really, the, the, the advocacy is really to promote Filipino potato variants. Yeah. Uh, para to support na the farmers. So it's a still it's still a small brand. So uh, the impact that we're making, sobrang liit lang nung part nung nung farm that we're that we're sourcing from. Sobrang liit lang nung part nung farm niya yung yeah. They're planting potatoes for for the brand, but the rest of the farm, ginagamit parin for like bigger um, produce or ibang variants ng potatoes parin mm-hmm. for the local companies that are producing potato chips. Yeah. So that's Pod Buds. And then what else? And then my wife also has a couple of brands under Antidote. Uh, first is Bob and Weave. Mm-hmm. So when my wife gave birth to our son four years ago, um, she wanted to have breastfeeding clothes that are still stylish. You know, makes her feel. Like herself, paren basically. Yeah. So dun dun nakuwing idea of starting her own line of mm-hmm. breastfeeding clothes. First, actually, she was just make, parang nagpapagawa na siya ng damit for herself. Then her friends started asking her like, oh, benta mo naman ako yun. Sama ba na bilayan? Benta mo na lang ako parang ganon. So, abiy parang pwede ko going business to. Sige nga parang you know I'll, I'll create something, mm-hmm. diba? So yun dun nag start yung brand. So the brand's almost. Uh, Over two years old now, doing well also, mostly online. Uh, yeah. So it's called Bob and Weave. And then the other one that she started, my, my wife also published a series of children's books. Oh, wow. Called Tales of Tom Tom. Uh, so like, we, love, we love reading, we love books, and we love traveling. Mm-hmm. And when, ever, ever since my wife was pregnant palang at that time, She was already buying books, hoarding books talaga for, for, for our son. So yung frustration namin back then was we wanted to buy local books also. Mm. But parang somehow, like when we, mga local books that we'll buy, when we show it to our nieces and nephews palang that back then, parang they, they don't, and this might be unfair to generalize, pero parang it, it, it doesn't resonate as much with the kids. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the artwork, if it's the the production quality. Or is it super Filipino? As or super, super Filipino, lalim, yes, maybe. Yeah. So all of those combinations, parang it, they tend to gravitate more to the imported books. Yeah. So we felt maybe there's something here that that's, you know, maybe there's a formula here that's missing. Whether it's the production quality, because like, there's a lot of nice board books for kids mm-hmm. na imported. But wala masyadong board books for, you know, na local. So if, if it's just paper lang, tendency siyempre pagbata na pupunit. So yeah. parang they feel like, okay, maka this is not good quality or something. So, uh, so my wife took that and the love of travel and thought maybe we... You know, she would write, uh, you know, children's books about Filipino places. So she started with Manila. We have a book about Bohol, mm, Davao. Wow. So yung story is basically si Tom Tom is you know Filipino kid with cousins from other countries, mm. and they would come visit and parang siya yung travel guide. Cute. Sort of, you know, showing them, oh, this is Jose Rizal, this is Tash, yeah. this is, ano, uh, Luneta, this is ganyan, ganyan. So, yun, we, ano pa lang, tatlong books pa lang, it's available in all the fully bookstores. Uh, and so far, nakakatuwa kasi we're getting a lot of, like, my wife would get all these photos from uh, mga readers saying na, we're here in Luneta right it. now. Yeah. Kasi the kid Cute. insisted on going and seeing it in actual mm. So nakatuwa kasi parang kahit na maliit pa lang yung books, konti pa lang. Pero parang nakatuwa lang to just see that type of impact. Diba? Yeah. Na kahit if it's, even if it's a few hundred kids na you know, at least will develop that early love for the country. Diba? Kasi yeah. surprisingly nga, like, a lot of yung mga moms would buy, they'll say, you know what, I never really thought about bringing my kids around. Mm. 
na parang siya alam niya yung luneta obviously they went to school pero like even our nephews and nieces they'd never been usually mall lang diba? mall lang diba? parang oh, saan tayo pupunta ngayon oh? ang daming malls eh. saan uh-huh. daming pwedeng gawin diba? so parang they, they never thought so parang nakakatuwa lang to see that type of ano, parang impact na okay diba? parang you can, you can develop a love for the country in a different way hmm. diba? where diba? do you think this um, kind of idea of being driven by your love for the country, branding for the motherland kind of thing. Where do you think it all started for you? Because huh. I so, feel like, you know, you're very good at what you do. You're very good at branding. You're, you're a good entrepreneur. But it seems as if everything that you do, it's always kind of directed because of this love that you have for the country, for the Philippines, for the, Philippines, uh, for the betterment of the community. Where do you think it came from or it started? That's a very good question, Wait. Let me think about that. The joke. Um, siguro ano, um, I'm, I'm a third generation Filipino Chinese. Mm-hmm. Um, siguro part of it is hearing stories about, you know, parang how my grandfather moved here, mm-hmm. you know, escaped from China through the yung hardships on time na yun. That was like, sobrang tagal na, long time ago. So when he came here, and, you know, he was able to establish a life here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, hindi ko alam kung doon nag-start and also, and growing up, parang even if I know I'm Filipino-Chinese, parang I never really identified too much with the, the country itself. Yeah, because you grew up here. I grew up here, mm. parang, so I, I always look at myself as a Filipino. Yeah. So, parang, and, and you know, when, when you grow up and you, and you see all these problems of the country and, you know, you'll hear some people who are more cynical say, ah, wala na pag-asa yung Pilipinas. <laughs> Parang ganyan, ganyan yeah. na talaga. Or, you know, when you, when you have relatives from abroad, they will come and say, oh, kaya nga kami nag-move na kasi it's better there. You know, you yeah. should just move there. Ganyan, like we have That's relatives. That's always the narrative, diba? Parang right? yun yung narrative, diba? Yeah. Na w- people who have gone to other countries will always say, yeah, it's much better here. You should consider moving, diba? Mm. Wala nang pag-asa yung Philippines and all that. So, I don't know if it's just a little bit of parang stubbornness also na, bakit, bakit walang pag-asa? Parang yeah. maybe... Maybe there's something I can do, hmm. So, um, I, I guess it also, in a way, correlates to what we did with Lagu, for example. Na when when we had that discussion uh, with with UP before, they were doing a study kasi in Boracay, and we we were talking with some of the locals also in Boracay when we had that idea uh, for a Santipel and beach blanket. Parang the the concern or the the overall narrative is it's. The, what's happening in Boracay is, you know, uh, caused by global warming, overdevelopment. Mm. So, parang they're like, what can you do? Diba? Parang we can't stop, you know, all these resorts being built and uh, all the tourists coming in and nagkakalat and all that. Parang, parang it's for the economy of the island. So, yeah. wala. Ganyan talaga. Wala tayong magagawa. Parang, I, I don't know, like, when I hear those words, kasi wala tayong magagawa, hindi ko kung parang matigas lang ulo ko na. Hindi. <laughs> Feeling ko meron eh. Parang ganun. So, so with, with Lagu, parang we boil it down to what can each person do to mm. not be part of the problem and be part of the solution? Yeah. So, dun nag-start yung, okay, maybe we can't stop global warming on our own. We can't stop all these building permits being issued left and right. But tayo, as a tourist, when we're on the beach, kumakapit yung sand sa clothes natin, our bags and everywhere. Yeah. So maybe we're also part of the problem. Yeah. And if we use a towel, then... So do we start? Okay, what if we boil it down to that? What can one person do mm-hmm. to have an impact? So siguro yeah. yun din yung... Kaya when I was... Ano, um, actually, parang maaga nga yung parang quarter-life crisis ko. Kasi <laughs> when, I, when, I left, when I left advertising, it was because I was doing well in advertising. I, I enjoyed naman the work. I was learning a lot from all my bosses there. Um, and But it's just that I felt... Something was missing in yeah. terms of the fulfillment. Na parang what am I doing? I'm you know advertising for a soap. <laughs> na parang okay, it's a good soap. Pero parang there's probably more that I can do. Yeah. Uh, so dun siguro next starting thinking na okay. So what can I do kaya to help the country in my own way? Yeah. So actually had one full year. Na I, I, I don't really talk about this too much. Pero like, I had one year and I was unemployed mm-hmm. after leaving. Kasi parang, 
I, I didn't know what to do, so I was doing soul searching. I was asking the question almost every day, who am I? Parang ganun. Wow, ang no, parang, lalim. My, Existential problem. So my, my girlfriend at that time, who's my wife now, parang would laugh nga. Kasi parang, parang ang tanong yan. Parang nag-usag mo sa phone, bigla lang, who am I? Parang ganun. <laughs> so parang doon lang, parang like, okay, what can I do? What can I do on my own? So mm-hmm. it just boiled down to... What am I good at, ba? What can I give to the country, or what yeah. what skill do I have, or what passion do I have that can benefit? I can't, I can't sing. I'm not an athlete. I'm not a politician. I'm not, you know, what you know, what what can I do? So it it went down to, to branding maybe. So then the one is actually, if you think about it, you know, branding, um, the country needs more branding. Yeah. Needs better branding. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if if I can create a brand that can be, you know, can be bigger. Uh, and employ more people and get to other countries and then yeah. maybe that's my impact you know, to help mm-hmm. the country and and you know that's so inspiring because any successful success related book that you read or entrepreneur related book that you read it will never talk about thinking about the profit first or mm-hmm. thinking about what you're gonna get off of the business that you're making it's always about finding solutions for the problems that you see and like what you said you were looking for solutions for problems that you kept seeing around you whether it was bad, bad branding whether it was hopelessness of other people for the country you're trying to look for okay how can I help and solve these problems right and apart from that you're also realistic in that you assessed yourself what am I good at that yep. I can actually offer these people because yep. sometimes people say na, ah, yun, yun yung problema sige magiging artista na lang ako <laughs> <laughs> tapos wala pala yun sa strength nila yep. di ba so it's it's nice because it's a balance of both that and that's one of the questions that we'd always get here on the podcast like if you're an employee and then you uh, want to become okay. an entrepreneur or your very own business owner right um, what would you do so what would be your advice to those people who are I thinking about I think the very that? first thing is to really know yourself mm. know what you're good at the concept ng ikigai di ba na yeah. Uh, what you're good at, what can you make money from, mm-hmm. uh, what does the world need. So, if you combine all of that, then I think that's where you can see the path that you should be on. I yeah. think uh, where a lot of people get lost nowadays is maybe there's a lack of introspection and reflection, uh, especially with social media nowadays. Parang you'll see somebody's doing this, somebody's mm-hmm. doing that, somebody's being successful doing this. So parang, what if going ko yun, di ba? Parang, and, and, and I know that feeling kasi back then, even wala pang ganong social media, it's so easy to get pulled into different directions. That's true. When you don't know yet what you want to do. Mm-hmm. So I think the first step is to maybe shut off muna all the distractions. Yeah. Really spend time with yourself and try to understand. Di ba, nga, what makes you happy? What makes you fulfilled? Uh, like, I can talk about branding 24 hours a day. <laughs> like... As in, and without even realizing it, even back then, I'm not a designer, I don't design, but I always buy design books. When I go to mm-hmm. bookstores, I'll always go to that, I mean, I'll go to the business books, I'll go to the self-help books, I'll go to the sports area, and then I'll go to the design area. Like, I always want to buy those big design books. Yeah. But I know I'm not a designer, so I feel like, why am I going here? Mm-hmm. Why am I spending all this time? Like, I'll sit in the bookstore and really just look, look at, at the logos, look at designs and parang and dun ko na dun ko start na na, to, na realize na maybe this is something that you know I'm really passionate about kasi yeah. I can really spend hours and hours and hours you know reading about it learning about it uh, and then when I when I read when I read about a business I like to know about the people behind it mm. anong inisip nila bakit nila ginawa to so I think yun yung ano um, I think more the People, people who want to leave their current job to start because they want to start something. I think that's that's a, there's a seed to that, Erbana. They want to start something. So yeah. it's about finding out what should you be doing. Because nobody needs another copycat idea. That's true. So if you don't know yet who you are and what makes you happy, what makes you fulfilled, what your skills are and how you can combine all of that to turn it into a business, mm-hmm. then you know you need to spend more time you know, reflecting and thinking. Yeah, you know. that's true. That's so important. Uh, another question that we also got that we wanted to throw at you was, um, what was the first investment that you made as an entrepreneur, as a businessman that has really helped you? Ah, okay. That's a good question, right? But that's hard because yeah. you make a lot of investments before you start a Correct. business. Actually, uh, 
in terms of like equipments or anything, parang wala namang masyado. Like mm-hmm. I had a laptop, I had calling cards made. Uh, and this is sound this is gonna sound cliche, pero parang I think the best investment I really made was in myself, mm-hmm. in really learning um you know, learning about branding, learning about business. Um, or actually, ito, I'll, I'll give an example. Um, so in our course, in, during the masteral year, you get assigned to a company. Mm. Okay, so um, I was assigned to IBM. Um, but the work that I was doing is so different from what we were exposed to in school. So we thought in school, parang you're gonna make campaigns, parang you're gonna win awards, mga ganyan, di ba? Tapos, <laughs> you're gonna win awards ka agad, parang, parang ganun yung expectation, di ba? When I got to IBM, the work that was assigned to us was making calls. Huh. As in, parang part kami ng business dev team, the sales team, and our job was to call pre-qualified clients and pass on the qualified clients to the sales team. So parang medyo call center type work siya. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, not to, not to ano, look down on call center work, pero like, I guess yung expectation mo if you're if you're in college and you're learning marketing at ganito yung expectation mo na oh, different. I made it to masteral year parang you really killed yourself to pass and get to that level na you're taking your masters na everyone all of your batchmates are oh intern ako ni ganitong ECD ng ganitong agency mm-hmm. and I'm doing so well and you're there every day making calls mm. na binabagsakan ka ng phone minumura ka minsan na parang oh my gosh kasi parang syempre nakakaistor baka sa tao diba so parang I guess yung 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 ano it came to a point where I was thinking, do I just complain about this to the professors and say, transfer me out of here, you know, parang medyo feeling entitled na, you know, I don't deserve this, diba? parang I'm better than this. Parang yeah. Or, do I take this opportunity to learn something from it? Mm-hmm. So, kami nung batchmate ko, parang we decided, you know what, let's just give this a really honest effort. And then, after maybe a few months, kung, kasi 10 months yung internship naman, yeah. Kung hindi talaga mag-work, then we can move on. Mm-hmm. So, yun, talagang day-by-day calls. Alam mo yung scene sa, like, one of my favorite movies, yung Pursuit of Happiness, ni Will Smith. Yes! Super oh my love gosh. that movie, di ba? Yung scene where he was making calls and mm-hmm. he was not, nabihin hindi na siya nagsi-CR. Mm-hmm. As in, he was trying to get as many calls. Kasi that time, na-assign sa akin nung parang boss ko dun was a database na in his mind, parang like a few hundred contacts lang. Mm-hmm. But, Nangyari kasi, he told the other department, oh, just send it to my intern, whatever you have. Siya na bahala mag, ano. A total of 1,500 yung contacts oh na binigay sa akin. But in his mind, ah, 300. Hundreds ako naman, parang tangang intern. <laughs> 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 Hindi nagtanong, di ba? Hindi nagtanong, sir, tama ba to? Ito yung binigay nila lahat. Kasi uh-huh. parang was just, naka-assign sa akin, sabi niya, oh, get it done in a month. Ah. I was like, so parang, parang oh, baka this is normal. So mm-hmm. I was just like, after like the first mga, Three days. I was, I was realizing, at this pace, I'm not gonna finish this. Mag- Winil Smith mo na lang yung so ano, I was just calls. really like calling every day parang 30 successful calls. And sobrang, and I was super, super shy. And like, I never, I don't like talking to strangers and like, sobrang like, I would stutter and not be able to like, complete sen- coherent sentences. Mm-hmm. But it really trained me because if, if I can't talk to the person on the line, to keep them on the phone long enough to know, ano ba yung server na gamit nyo, anong POS system gamit nyo, anong mm. ganyan, ganyan, ganyan. If I don't, you know, get through that, then cool lang yung database. Yeah. But no, long story short, in a month, I was able to finish it. Nung pag-submit ko sa boss ko, doon na siya nagsabi na, habi, ano tong list na to? Sabi ko, yun yung mga sinend nila, ganyan, ganyan, ganyan. Habi, ba't 300 lang dapat to? Parang, oh bakit? <laughs> So parang he was Tinapos calling all those mo. guys and saying, bakit yung pinasa lahat ng trabaho niyo? <laughs> so parang uh, after three months in IBM, we were eventually transferred kasi parang nag-realize yung professors. It's not, it's different from what they wanted in exposure. But mm-hmm. at least I was able to to finish that task. And later on, when I was starting Antidote na, it was easy for me to pick up a, to pick up the phone and call random strangers and companies and say, hey, I'm from Antidote. Kasi parang there's 1,500 na training. So, siguro yung investment that most people don't think is, kasi I think there's a tendency for us to say, okay, if I know what, that what I'm doing right now is not my long-term plan, I'm not gonna give my best. Mm, yeah. I'm just gonna sort of go through the motions and mm-hmm. bide my time until I can move on. Yeah. So, siguro parang if people want advice like that, parang yun yung masasabi ko na, 
sometimes it doesn't make sense. But if you, you have to give your all to whatever you're doing right now because you don't know how it's going to help you down the line. Yeah. Ako, I, I never would have thought, like, yung first week namin dun, I was really just sobrang lost na parang, what am I doing here? Why am I calling? Pero after going through that process, and only, it was only after, kasi after that, I worked about less than two years pa. So mga parang at least two full years pa before I started Antidote. Yeah. Doon ko lang na-realize na if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't be able to get clients, basically. Because yeah. I would be so shy. I'll be like dreading making calls. I'll be mm-hmm. just be hiding behind emails all day. That's and, true. you know, people don't really respond to emails all the time. You need to follow up, call, get, you know, get appointments and all that. So, in terms of investment, whatever, wherever you are right now, learn as much as you can. Network. Uh, and also, like, if you do your job really, really well naman now, down the line, you never know. Eh, the, the contacts that you have, at least you'll have that reputation. Your personal brand will be, yeah. this is somebody we trust. So if you start a business, you start your own consulting firm or whatever it is, people will at least, you have that credibility because alam nilang, ah, okay tong person na to, yeah. diba? And I think that's really such an important lesson also that you learned at a young age while you were in college. And something that a lot of people can learn from especially now that millennials get the reputation that they like to quit before the job is done. And I feel like a lot of people do that because they're afraid of discomfort, right? Mm. They don't want to take the 1,500 calls. They want to do the marketing work, the marketing thing that they studied for. But the thing is, you don't really realize, but everything that you go through in life can either be a lesson for you mm-hmm. or something that pushes you towards the direction that you want to be at. Yep. And, and I feel like both of us, we've experienced that in a way, right? I... I, I don't really get to tell this story, but I would always tell my husband that before when I would host, I'd host maybe a four-hour show for only 3,000 pesos or 5,000 pesos. And I kept going for it because I wanted people to know that I, I host and I host well. And I started taking photos and I started posting it on social media because I wanted to build that brand. And I knew that even if um, I don't earn as much money, I know that it was training me to become mm-hmm. the host that I always wanted to be. Yep. And so you always have to deal with every situation that you experience as a lesson. Yep, exactly. Yeah. I think that also goes into this idea now that there are a lot of people who don't like the idea of working for free. Mm, that's true. Uh, which I think if you're still young, if you're fresh from college, that's the perfect time Super. to actually consider it. Especially if you wanted to get into an industry that's highly competitive or reach out to somebody you want to learn from and say you'll work for free, even mm-hmm. just for a few months. Yeah. Because having that access to all the experience and the exposure to that industry, mm-hmm. that sometimes that's, the, that's much better than getting you know, a small starting salary at a company you don't like yeah. where you'll be doing grunt work. Mm-hmm. But if you get, you know, as an intern... Like if somebody wants to learn how you do things, yeah, I would say the best way to do it is to work for free as an intern to you, get to see what you do, you know how you do things, how you approach your work, yeah, uh, get to see your full schedule as you know as an assistant or as an intern. So yeah. after like six months, the learnings that they'll get is sobrang mm-hmm. that's more valuable than six months worth of you know basic salary basically. That's that. true, huh. and also in the future. It's also brand association, right? Like, if you say that you worked for this incredible company yep. while mm-hmm. you were young, you got that kind of training in, you got to meet the bosses, you got to see how they did the work, what's the business side of it. Even if you didn't get paid, dude, that is insurmountable, right? Experience yep. and That's knowledge. That's a huge advantage Yeah, super. Yeah. And now, because everyone, you know, I think now it's so competitive. The... The scale now is incredibly high. It's incredibly heavy to be successful in any field. Kasi kita mo na yung options mo eh. Yep. Before you had uh-huh. to submit your CV, you had to go into the interview, you had to, you know, bosses had to see you and actually meet you and see your profile before they could make decisions for themselves. But now they go and Google you, they see the work that you do, yeah. and they're like, yeah, I like this guy. Okay na ako dito, di ba? Yeah, so that's really tough. But I mean, that's precisely why we want to work in the businesses and the things that we love. Because at the end of the day, what we always say, it's not the money that you make. It's really the legacy that mm-hmm. you leave for yep. your children and for your family in the future and how you affect the people around you, right? Yeah, exactly. So do you think that, um, what's next for Antidote, you think? Now that you've kind of, you've gone through so many 
evolutions and and now you have Kendrick Loves to Brand which is the podcast I feel like it's the digital version also of Antidote Branding wherein yep. you talk about entrepreneurship you talk about branding right what's next then so uh, so over the past few years you know we've we've realized that we're really really good at creating brands from mm-hmm. scratch uh, and growing it at the start so what what we want to do over the next few years is really get better at scaling the brands mm-hmm. uh, we have a few brands that you know we were able to start exporting like lagu we've sold to over about 15 countries now mm-hmm. some through distributors some through resellers some just purely online resellers so we want to get better at you know really scaling it to a bigger bigger degree mm-hmm. um, so in, instead of just being good at taking something from zero to one you know we want to be able to keep growing and take it from one to ten to twenty and then Hopefully to, to to you know to a hundred to infinity, right? so uh, so we're looking for people you know to build a team, uh, those who are good at operations, the day to day, the the business development side of things. That's really where the focus is for the company because we know we can always create something new. Like tomorrow, if we want to launch something, we can like come up with an idea. Actually, we have a few ideas in the in the bank. Parang you know we're sort of like just waiting. Cause we can keep creating. That was. Well, naman yung operations to support it. So, yeah. uh, so that's really where the focus is, I think, for the next few years. And I'm sure that there's a, a Kendrick kind of kid listening to the podcast right now. <laughs> Maybe a 23-year-old who just quit his job, who wants to do something more, who's asking himself, who am I? Yeah. Asking his girlfriend, ano ba talaga? Ba't ako nandito? Ba't ko ba ginagawa to? Who am I? Ganyan. Oh, oh ganyan. <laughs> what would be your advice to that kid, what would be your advice to any 23-year-old at that who feels like he has more to offer? Uh, I think if you know what you want to do, ready or not, start. Because you really won't know everything. You won't, you won't be really be fully prepared. A lot, a lot of people think, I'm not yet ready. You really will not be ready enough. Right? Mm-hmm. There's this famous quote about entrepreneurship from Reid Hoffman that says, entrepreneurship is like jumping off a cliff and assembling your parachute on the way down. Mm-hmm. And trust me when I say that, even people who have been doing this for a few years, they're still assembling their parachute. I know I am, right? So, <laughs> uh, like, you really won't have all the answers anyway. So don't bother trying to figure out the complete puzzle before you start. Yeah. You know? Whatever you have right now, it's enough. Start and then just see where it leads. Uh, that's such good advice. It actually spoke to me also because I have business ideas and I can't, <laughs> I keep going, huh? Wala pa akong parachute. Ah, kailangan pala. You assemble yes. it on the way on the down. Way down yeah. um, I've learned so much from you and I'm sure a lot of people have as well. So why don't you invite them to listen to Kendrick Loves to Brand All too? right. So uh, if you love branding, if you like entrepreneurship, or even just, you know, you want to listen to stories of successful people uh, and apply it to your own career or your own ventures, uh, I'd like to invite everyone to listen to Kendrick Loves to Brand. We're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcast yay awesome I hope to have you again on the show of course anytime let me know and hopefully that time we'll talk about something more specific like personal branding Mm -hmm. or this new business that we're trying to do (laughs) alright but for now that's it for this episode of Adulting with Joy Spring we hope you guys enjoyed it if you did please don't forget to like this video or listen to it on all your favorite podcast providers Adulting with Joy Spring with Kendrick Loves to Brand we'll see you guys soon paalam thank you that's it for this episode. If you'd like to continue the conversation, go to www.joyspring.com. And if you want to support the podcast, go to patreon.com slash adultingwithjoyspring. I'll talk to you guys soon. Paalam! Paalam!